Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. We love that. Yeah, it's better than a four-and-a-half-star review, there's, honestly. There's <laughs> nothing worse than a four-star review. Just, <laughs> if you're going to do it, just do a two- or three-star review. <laughs> um, you can also send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. This week, we are discussing the Archie christening, um, the possible new rescue dog living at Frogmore Cottage. We need details. Yeah. Uh, Wimbledon, of course. And then we're having a very special segment uh, about royal friendships. We are joined by Lauren Meckling, the author of the new book, How Could She?, which covers friendship. It does. It it's does. a novel, but it's <laughs> it's all about the dark underpinnings of female friendship. Ooh. I feel like everyone who's read it has been like this cut to the core of me. <laughs> yes. And you feel seen, but not in like that cliche Twitter way. Like you actually feel like this is real. Like I've experienced this. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I love discussing female friendship and all the intricacies of it. So I'm really excited. Um, and But first we have a real refreshment, which Lauren brought us. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. What did you bring us? Well, I brought you an apology in the form of a <laughs> bottle. I am a uh, novice royal expert. Ah, uh, of course. And I felt a little uh, unequal to your oh man, co your collective expertise. But I am a true lover of Princess Diana. Of course. And she was a, if not lover, a liker, a sometimes enjoyer of a dry white wine. And I thought we could get in touch with, with <laughs> Diana yes. through this bottle. It's a. I went to the wine store in Brooklyn, and I spoke with my very handsome, tattooed sommelier <laughs> man. And, Excellent. And I, I said, I need to know what Lady Di would have had. And he just, he didn't blink. <laughs> and he brought me to, he said, this is what she would have. This is a, a nice dry from France. Wow. So Ooh. here, although it is from 2018, which, but, you know, we can decide <laughs> that. So, yes, we have a bottle of Coteau. De Genois. Wow. And cheers to die. Amazing. I love you. We'll talk more about her later. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Cheers. Thank Thanks for having me. Cheers. We cheers. can't reach cheers. each other around the equipment, but you and know. can we say how how large our goblets are? Yeah. So They're we were huge. like, let's just pour the whole bottle into three glasses before we get started on the show because it's just easier that way. Mm -hmm. So now we have it looks like a pint of beer. But yes. no, it's wine. I don't think I've had a, a glass of wine this large since I was last in England. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Royally Obsessed. This is how we do it here. I like it. Yeah, so excellent. We're so excited to have you here. Um, we'll also start with a listener email. Lisa, do you want to take this one? Sure. It's from Sabrina. Her subject Great is, name. I myself am also royally obsessed. Great. I appreciate it. Um, she writes, hi, Lisa and Caitlin. Let me start off by saying that I myself am also royally obsessed. As she already stated. Yes. Um, I started my infatuation with the royal family when Kate and Will got married, but my obsession kicked into high gear when Megan came on the scene. As a California girl myself, I felt some kind of kinship, kinship to Megan and was ecstatic about Harry marrying a California girl. My best friend Pippa and I... Hold up. Pippa! Is this Pippa Middleton? <laughs> Are you friends with Pippa Middleton? How does a California girl have a friend named Pippa? Not that it's like unheard of to have that nickname or name in the United States, but... Pretty cool. And how perfect. Yeah. So um, <laughs> they woke up at 3 a.m. the day of Meghan and Harry's wedding to watch it live and since then have been filling each other in on the latest royal updates. We were heartbroken by all the drama around her family that led up to the wedding. But the way she handled herself on the day made her my new idol. Um, <sighs> Meghan's class, beauty, empathy, and her philanthropy work before even before she met a prince has inspired me as a young college girl. I now am constantly in, on Meghan's mirror trying to find 
wardrobe pieces that she wore that I can afford and am constantly on the hunt for the latest Megan update, which is where your podcast comes in handy. We try. I never miss an episode and absolutely enjoy hearing you two fangirl over the same issues <laughs> every week that I often do with my best friend Pippa. Oh, uh, I really like hearing about friends engaging with the pod. Um, as that's we perfect do. for this episode. Yeah. It, it, did our producers plan that? Bravo. Bravo, team. I really like that. Thank you so much, Sabrina, for writing in. And hi, Pippa Middleton. Thank you for listening. Yeah, wow. It's really exciting. Um, and then we have This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. July 10th, 1947 was when then Princess Elizabeth and Philip Mountbatten announced their engagement. Um Ooh, this people, <laughs> this People magazine history notes their romance began years before they met when Elizabeth was just thirteen and she was reportedly instantly smitten. Um, All right, again, they're cousins in two ways. It's just it's really it's special, <laughs> but I do um, I love that she got her guy. We have a picture along with it. Um, I imagine from that engagement day, and she's just like grinning up at him with just such joy. Uh, we see that at the beginning of The Crown season one, too, when she's just, like, deliriously excited to get married to this guy. If I was marrying my 13-year-old crush, I'd definitely be married to Leo right now. <laughs> um, Joshua Jackson for me from Dawson's Creek. What about you? Tom Rosati. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay, excellent. I, unfortunately, am now too old for my childhood crush, Leo. Yeah, that's true. Because I am over 25. You are over 25. Oh, well. That's one of the reasons it's been Why? S- seven years of heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> but good for good for Liz um, and happy. Wow. That's Do you many, guys put this picture ago. online? It's so cute. We should put it online. We should. Note to social media team. I will text them right after this because it, it's it's really super cute. I love it so much. Um, and now let's get into some news. So really the big news of the week is that um, Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor has been christened. Into the Church of England. Yeah. That is my religious sound. Exactly. And uh, we got, so of course, there was all the hullabaloo last week that they weren't doing it. I mean, the christenings are always private, but they weren't doing like the walk up to the chapel that upset some some people. Um, But we got a gorgeous, we got two gorgeous portraits immediately after the ceremony. Um, It's Um, hard for me to say which one I love more. So there's one where it's Harry and Meghan and Archie. And Archie, gotta say, cute baby. Really cute baby. His eyes are closed, so he looks like especially angelic. And the, that photo was taken in the Rose Garden at Windsor Castle, which again, just like incredibly peaceful, beautiful place. Um, the baby's between them. And what is so stunning about this, okay, I'm not going to pretend to be a photography person, but the composition of this photo is you have Harry looking at the baby and Megan looking at Harry. Um, and he's just like lightly grasping her upper arm in a way that I just love. And again, this baby just looks so peaceful. And Harry, I think, is taking a sniff of the yeah. baby's head. The <laughs> baby's head smells so sweet. Oh, it's just so cute. And you really get to see the the sort of the little netting of her hat. That's my favorite kind of hat. It nope. just looks like it's from the 50s or what is Archie 30s. wearing? So he's wearing the traditional christening dress, um, which is now a remake of the christening dress that was passed down through the British royals for like 150 years. Um, it was starting to fall apart a couple years ago, so they had a new one made, and that's what the Cambridge kids wore, and that is what Archie is wearing. You can It looks, I, don't, I wouldn't call it um, normal, but it looks slightly more normal in the wider portrait of the whole family. The one where it's just the two of them, it does look like he is just covered in ruffles. In this, yeah, ruffle sleep sack. <laughs> in a ruffly little like nook. He just looks really, really cute. Um, I just love that photo. And then, of course, oh, and I will note that these were taken by Chris Allerton, who I think is mostly known for fashion, right? He's a fashion yes. photog. And then we have the larger family portrait. Um, so in that one, of course, we have dead center, um, the Sussexes, and Archie with his eyeballs open. That's, oh. that's really the first time. This is the clearest shot we've gotten of Archie right now. I have a version of this photo zoomed in on my phone because I'm creepy. You are, but that's why we love you. I cut everybody else out because <laughs> first I saw this on Instagram, of course. The Sussex Royal account posted it there. Um, but it's really hard to zoom in on Instagram. You know, like you, you 
do the little two finger thing. And then it closes up on you. And then it closes up. But on Twitter, you know, the Royals reporters tweeted it out once they had it. And it was much more high res, obviously, there. And so when you zoom in, you really can see this little baby's face. Now, we're going to play the game for a moment of who does he look like more. I only see Megan in the like eyes region, but everybody else is like, oh, that's Harry. I think mm. he just looks like a, a baby. baby who looks like both <laughs> of them. But Lauren, you're a mother. As a mother, can you tell us? Can you identify? Do babies look more like one parent or the other? Or should we not even uh, try to see that because their faces are going to change so much? He's Well, everyone's going to tell Archie that he looks like his dad. Yeah. But he's going to look like his mom because that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I th- So he's two months old right now. I feel like. I do kind of think that all babies look the same until, like, five months, you know? He looks super bright. He looks super He's very alert, right? Like, he isn't, yeah. He's definitely his mother's baby. (laughs) He's a beautiful baby. Yeah, Yeah. he's just so, so cute. Um, I'm excited for my journey of watching his face turn into a face. Yes, I I do really like that journey. I love watching them grow up because... I didn't know what Louis was going to look like when I first saw him as a baby. And I'm like, oh, there's your face. He's the most expressive. I know we waited for so long. And now we know that Prince Louis is so expressive and looks so much like Kate Middleton. It's kind of insane. So I can only hope that we get to see. It's I, I do think it's fun as babies get older. You can like sort of pick those things out. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know by the fall, um, Archie will be going to South Africa. And so then we can really get tons of coverage of him there. We should go too. I Listen. I was going to email you over the weekend and be like, how do we get to South Africa? Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. To, we'll to be it t- out. TBD. Um, but yeah, so also, of course, in this photo, we have the Cambridges. Um, Kate is wearing a Stella McCartney dress um, that we think um, the sort of fashion experts out there said is a rewear from the Christmas luncheon at the Queens. How do we feel about a rewear? I mean, she loves a rewear. Kate Middleton loves a rewear. It's like how she thr- shows that she's thrifty and doesn't. Like, she's one of us. She's one of us. No. Ex- one of us wearing pink Stella McCartney dresses. I mean, that's to what I rewear. <laughs> the second exactly. time. I'm wearing yeah. a dress that I bought on Poshmark for like $30. <laughs> this was H&M. I think it was under $12. Well, this it's... is the shirt that I've worn to every single book event <laughs> this summer and look continue to do so. See, Classy NYC ladies. But can we I say are this, relatable. this did seem very royal because it's sort of a liberty it, print. It, it, Princess Charlotte yes. will be wearing that one day for sure. I love it. Definitely. Um, so yeah, we had Kate in a pink Selma McCartney. You can't see because we have it in black and white in front of us, but she wore a red headband sort of hat band thing. And what about Ms. Ragland? What is she wearing? Oh my God. Oscar de, Oscar de la Renta. Oscar de la Renta. This gorgeous peach color. Mm. The hat is perfect. I love the brooch. I love how simple and just perfectly tailored and great color for her. Um, you know, obviously your eye goes to Archie and Megan and but also Doria. Doria is amazing. Didn't she also wear Oscar de la Renta to the royal wedding? Um, I don't remember if it was, but I feel like you'd be Let right me about Google. that. I do remember, of course, the sort of pistachio color, because as we've discussed, she kind of matched the queen, and I'm sure that wasn't accidental. Uh-oh. So, um, and then, of course, I think, you know, again, the react- you react to baby Doria, Kate in pink and red, but then you were like, who are these two ladies? And they are... Princess Diana's sisters, which was such a love. I, I wouldn't call it a surprise. Surprise maybe to us, but not surprise to them. But it was just so lovely to see them there. Uh, Lady Jane Fellows and Can Lady. We cheers. Yeah. Yes. Cheers to Diana. <laughs> we'll reach across all the equipment. <laughs> this is graceful. Yes. And Lady Sarah McCordale. McCord. Don't even try it. I'm sorry. Very sorry to Lady Sarah. But it was just so wonderful to see them there. Um, One looks so much like Diana. It was honestly really striking and powerful to see. Um, And just what a special occasion. Of course, again, we didn't get them walking up the path. But, like, who cares when you have these gorgeous photos? Another thing that people were freaking out about was the fact that they did not release the names of the godparents. Yeah. And I think that all the drama surrounding this is maybe the disconnect that we have as Americans or like you know people who are royally obsessed but who aren't as like into like we're not as obsessed with tradition Mm -hmm. so like for me I'm like oh it's fine she still released some photographs I think that's lovely and like this is a human so if they decide that they want this human to have some privacy and also their friends to have some privacy then that's fine and I get it. And like, and to me, that's perfectly logical. But then I was seeing a lot of um, commotion 
overseas in the UK, people were very upset about it. And so I feel like that's just a disconnect with us yeah. and like other people who may think that's the end of the world because well, we're also not as big into godparents here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I like you usually have one. I know. Like one or you know one godmother, one godfather. Um I like mine, but uh yeah, they choose many more people. They choose several friends or relatives and so I don't know. I I also think to me when when the Cambridge godparents have been released, I'm always like, okay, because they're usually people I haven't heard of. So it means less And people to they me. went to college with. Yeah, it's like they're college yeah. friends. So if they released a list right. and it was like yet more von Straubenzi brothers, I'd be like, okay, big whoop. In fact, I saw one of the – that somebody was reporting that Charles von Straubenzi was one of the godparents. And I was like, okay, I'm sure he is because they're, they've been best friends since college. Like, who cares? I just yeah. don't care very much. I guess if Megan is choosing big celebrity – people that would be like it, oh, if a mall clooney is yeah. then i'm like okay please tell me everything yeah <laughs> but if it's a like a private citizen i'm like that's lovely you should have this private moment yeah it's a religious ceremony i just don't completely well do you think we can surmise based on who was at the event who it would be um when we get to the royal best <laughs> friends trips yeah section. we have we have some we have some hints um but yeah i don't i don't know it just i don't understand the outrage i understand the interest because again maybe it's a celebrity whatever um but i don't understand the outrage and i know that some british reporters were really pushing back and saying like they're breaking the law or something yeah like that it has to be reported legally in like the church's book which i'm like does the church legally have to do anything there was Isn't freedom that... of information yeah ba- basically <laughs> basically they have to Royal, file the yeah. foia request yeah so that just i don't know it it's been this will be a preview of my low but it's been a big week for faux outrages um similarly we can just note quickly here um kate was i her outfit was id'd of course and she was wearing earrings from princess diana's collection which is always lovely i'm always really moved when she does that um that they're the earrings, the pearl drop earrings that Diana wore to Harry's christening. So I thought that was such a lovely touch to be like, and now at Harry's son's christening, she's wearing them. But then some people were like, well, why didn't she lend them to Meghan then? And they probably had that conversation. It's just so weird. Yeah. It's also just Kate's jewelry style. Kate wears like slightly bigger, heavier jewelry, which is what these are. They're very big kind of honestly 80s looking pearl drop earrings and Megan wears delicate jewelry it's and Megan also wore her Cartier earrings from her wedding yeah I perfect I think it's probably very nice that Kate did that and she probably thought I mean I can't tabloids like I can't speak for Kate but like maybe she thought like oh if people know that I did this they will show they will see it's like I'm showing unity and right. that I really am yeah, here for this right. family it's not like she showed up in a bikini yeah, you know? yeah it was such a thoughtful choice and so I just sometimes like I don't even want to go to the mindset where you could find something. People will find something wrong with everything they do. And I just was like, oh, how cute. She wore Diana's earrings from Harry's christening. Like, end of thought. I never even, like, journeyed to why didn't she give them to Megan? They're not Megan's style. Um, also, again, style note, Megan wore Dior. She looked amazing. I wish that we saw a full glimpse of the outfit. Yeah. Because we don't really know exactly what it was. But Cream. the top part that we saw. Yeah, creamy white. Uh, the The more uh, sort of private-looking portrait of just the three of them. I want to say it has a neckline that's not dissimilar to her wedding dress. I feel like it harkens a bit. It's not full boat neck, but it kind of has that scheme of, like, the longer sleeves kind of boat neck top. Um, that's as, Thus concludes the fashion-y portion. That's all I got. All I I just, got. They really came out with, like, the big guns here, though. Oscar de la Renta, um, Dior, and... Stella McCartney. So we are so excited to have Lauren on because Lauren wrote a really great book that came out late June about, it's a novel about female friendship. And so we are going to be talking about some royal friendships. But Lauren, can you kind of tell our listeners about your book? Yes. Without spoiling. I will (laughs) spoil nothing, but it's a novel. So it's made up. um, (laughs) Unlike what some of, one of my mother's friends who's 96 came to one of my readings and came up to me and took my hand and said your life it's been so terrible oh, I'm no. so sorry <laughs> it's made up it's a novel about a friendship triangle and it looks at the men are not really part of the story it looks at three women who became very close by circumstance by working together when they were in their early 20s 
in an office at a magazine in Toronto. And the main thread of the story is set in present day or 2017, where they find themselves in New York and in a theme that would definitely relate to the theme of the show. They are all on very different rungs of the ladder of life. So, yes, let's say uh, one of the women, Sunny, has emerged as, what would she be, the, the duchess? Or she's she's doing yes. pretty well for herself. <laughs> and one of them is, what would what would the royal, what, for Rachel, what would the, I don't know, what would the royal the similarity be? Like a she's, Beatrice? She's maybe? barely holding on, but she's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Beatrice is doing great. Oh, yeah. Beatrice is having fun. We're going to yeah. talk about that. She's like a royally adjacent person. She's adjacent. Yeah. She's adjacent, right. She has a... the. the Yes, the door is still cracked open. <laughs> and then Geraldine um, has been written off as the uh, the one who got left behind. And then over the like course... Like who was like a princess almost, like a duchess, and then like had, a, had fall. a fall from grace. She had a fall from grace. Yeah, she has not recovered from that. And people do not think she will ever recover. And it turns out that people can change. So <laughs> That's good. That's what the, the book is about. And, and there's a podcast in the book. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There are... Uh, I will give this bit away. Geraldine uh, saves herself and scandalizes everybody else by becoming the uh, inventor and co-host of a runaway hit podcast called oh, Pod People. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I yes. love that. That's our dream to be successful. Runaway hit. Podcast. Runaway hit. Um, so why did you want to write about female friendship? I didn't want to. I had to. I <laughs> was. I had been writing young adult fiction that was not coming it was coming more from a place of fun and my brain and play and then I exited my 20s and entered my 30s and was consumed by a true friendship fallout that Mm. kind of it caught me blindsided I was not expecting my friend to not want to be friends with me anymore and I was crippled by this I was more devastated than made sense to anybody and I was trying to figure out why I was so hurt and why I was letting it just keep me from flourishing and I you know I didn't intentionally set out to write a novel that was going to explore that but I did end up taking a break from writing books for children and writing a comedy of manners about women that really looked at the ways that women matter to each other and can help each other and can also hurt each other and the ways that it's hard for us to talk about these things. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Perfect summer reading. And then also, Caitlin and I were really, really obsessed with a piece that you recently wrote for the New York Times, um, How to End a Friendship, which is, as you told us, is about, um, oh my gosh, that ending a friendship with dignity. Right. Yes. Death with dignity. Death with dignity. Yes. <laughs> so this was, this is, this is going to sound, I'm going to sound like I'm a collector of skeletons. <laughs> and I swear I'm not. I have many wonderful friendships. But this piece looked at another friendship of mine that is no longer a central part of my life. Um, And it looked at what happens when somebody who really matters to you is no longer a big, you know, really not a part of your life at all anymore. And how, if you think about it, or I was thinking about it, sort of saying what was shocking to many people, which is that that's okay, which is that friendships often aren't meant to last for infinite years yeah and so I was talking about how I had this beautiful beautiful intense friendship when I was in my very early 20s and now that woman lives a parallel life to my own and I love her from afar but I don't need to have obligatory catch-ups with her scheduled every three weeks or what have you and a lot of people wrote to me saying that they have been you know totally mystified and heartbroken by the loss of a friend and looking at looking at it from this viewpoint, which is that sometimes there's really no um, no changing the dynamic and it's okay if people drift and just trying to appreciate what two people did have yeah. is a helpful way of moving forward. Yeah, it's really it's really painful stuff. Um, the, those kinds of shifts in your friendship. And I feel like Lisa and I talk about this all the time um, about how things change in your 30s. And of course, they can change all times. Yeah. But um, your 30s sometimes 
bring obviously life changes and stuff. And so it shifts a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, we're going to chat a little bit about some royal friendships. And those have gone through shifts that are very unrelatable. <sighs> right. Like maybe we can all relate to like, oh, I've drifted apart with my college friend or um, my friend had a baby and I don't know what to talk to her about anymore. But this is like, oh, my friend from college, my sorority sister, became a duchess. Right. And is now the most <laughs> famous person on planet Earth and had Oprah come to her wedding and like has Michelle Obama on speed dial. So let's start with Megan. Um, so of course, Megan has a lot of close friends. There's like Amal Clooney, um, the makeup artist Daniel Martin, who I follow on Instagram, and he's been traveling a lot with Jessica Alba. And I'm like, can I go work for The Honest <laughs> Company and Aww. travel with Jessica Alba? But um, we're going to be focusing on some newsy friendship things. So she was at Wimbledon to see Serena, Serena Williams, who today had this amazing um, cover story on Harper's Bazaar where she wrote about um, – what happened at the U.S. Open last year and how she um, went to therapy after and she apologized and she's just like the effing greatest. Yeah, we, even, we are obsessed with Serena Williams on I, this show. Like, I can't even handle it. <laughs> so they were they are really close friends. But then when Megan was at Wimbledon, she sat next to these two women yeah. that people probably wouldn't recognize. Well, who would? And it's so wonderful that these are still her close friends. I mean, yeah. she is, I don't know, this is like friendship goals on fire, Truly. right? Watching Megan go through the world. Because what she met Serena, was it nine years ago or? Yeah, nine years nine ago. Nine years ago. And the story of their meeting is so adorable in that they met at a Super Bowl party, but they didn't talk about any of their, the, like, the, she, at the time she was an actress and they didn't talk about that and they didn't talk about Serena's work as an athlete, they apparently they just kind of giggled and, as I said, talked about girly stuff and were instantly, <laughs> you know, besotted with each other, which is something that happens. And I there was a that. cute Instagram photo that Megan posted at the time that was sort of the two of them hugging around that time, and her eyes were closed. And she's, in her caption, you see that she says, my eyes are closed, but my heart is wide, wide open. <laughs> you know, it's just this, so like, deep lovely. love that... that and it's it still exists. Yeah, it it, to me, this kind of their relationship always sort of blows my mind because I'm like, is it still possible to befriend Serena Williams when she's at the level that she is? Like, I'm just sort of fascinated that Serena well, Williams has so much going on. It's just like picking up new friends at Super Bowl parties. I think that Megan figured out what, like she just kind of went in through the cracks and they yeah. talked about something that no one else thinks to talk to her Or they about. just click, like what you were saying, like sometimes yeah. you just meet a person and you're just like, oh yeah, it's going to be you. Like you just like click right away. And I, I just love that about them. And Megan has gone to Wimbledon, I think this is the fourth year in a row to cheer her on. So like that's, all, or, you know, has gone and to Wimbledon the last four years. Remember in 2016, the year that she met Prince Harry, which was not that long ago, but simultaneously so long ago. Yeah. Um, she was at Wimbledon with Violet, whose last name I'm never going to try to pronounce, who works for P- – she has PR for Ralph Lauren. Yes. And that's a woman who allegedly is rumored to have introduced the two of them, uh, Megan and Harry. So, yeah, the timeline might be that it was at – it was the same uh, UK visit to Wimbledon that she met Prince Harry. Right. I read so that. Like, and that would have maybe, yes, solidified their friendship. Yeah. Or... Like, what a great week for her, Right. Basically. Imagine the texts that were going back between the two of them. Like, yeah. so I'm hanging out with Prince yes. Harry. Like, I met this hot guy. Um, so I love that. And, yeah, to go back to those two friends that were at Wimbledon with her, um, they were her two friends from Northwestern, Lindsay Roth and Genevieve Hill- Hillis. Um, you'll remember Genevieve because she, with Serena, threw the bridal shower in New York. Um, or, I'm sorry, the baby shower in New yeah. York. Yeah. Um, so the, there was also a rumor that Amal Clooney threw that. That's so That has I not think, been proven. So Harper's Bazaar seems to get all the royal scoops. And so Harper's Bazaar had this exclusive. And also, I believe Gail King said it as well, that it was... Say um, no more. Serena. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Gail King, who we also worship. Um, yeah. Who also they, wears clogs. Oh. Sorry. Interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she wears glitter clogs. Of course she does. Gail <laughs> effing King. Did, I'm sorry. This is such a tangent. Did you see her journey on Instagram where she was going to the Hamptons, but she's too afraid of helicopters to take a helicopter? So she was on a bus. I think it was the Jitney. And then it had no AC for like two hours. And she was Instagramming her journey. And then it ends with her like. When you say Instagram, her, do you mean like her perspiration? <laughs> Basically. No, just like I'm on this bus. There's no um, AC. And then at the end, oh. she's like with her arm around the bus driver and getting onto a new bus. That's and I'm hysterical. like, of course, Gail King, one of the best people in the entire world. <laughs> 
I really appreciate that down-to-earthness. But uh, with Amal Clooney, I think it was just kind of confirmed or at least like the Daily Mail or someone said at the end that she like flew Megan over on their private jet and then flew her back. So like okay. it was basically like the friends supplied different vendors. It's like a hive, a hive <laughs> yeah, yeah, of these yeah. friends. Like everybody contributed. I have to from say, that. yes, thinking about Megan's friends, that that's the element that makes me the most envious of her. Yes. She has she's got that down pat. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's amazing. Like I see her with her sorority sisters. And I know that in my twenties and thirties, my friendships have changed so drastically and I look back sometimes and I'm like oh I'm not as close with people that I was really close with in my early 20s and that's really sad but Megan seems to be just as close with them as ever and like the pictures of them of them at Wimbledon they're not just sitting there they're not just looking perfect at all times they're fully animated having these like can't stop talking big conversations (laughs) they're so excited to be with each other and I just think that's so amazing like to have a friendship for so long with or not just one friendship, to have so many friendships for so long and just have them thrive. And Megan's a little bit older than us, so she's, like, maintained those for a little bit longer. And this isn't in the packet, but um, there was a friendship breakup that she went through. She had this friend, a childhood friend, who I don't know what led to them not being as close, but then when Megan and Harry's relationship went public, the friend sold Megan out, like, drastically to the tabloids. I remember and, that. Which was disgusting and awful, and it made me, like, want to, like, curl up in a ball because yeah. that's like so the gross. worst side but of it. But then her, all of her friends, didn't they come together to people? Yes. To yes. talk, to sort of get, say we're in her corner and we're going to speak to her integrity. Yeah, there and was that People magazine cover story a couple months ago that was basically like right after. Just, like in the winter. Yeah, it was right after the shower that was like we're so tired of people talking about her this way. They didn't name the five the friends, but it was five friends and they talked about like uh, they they set the record straight in terms of her father saying like oh he you know she never reached out to us et cetera et cetera they were like he's never called he's never texted it's super painful for her you know they basically just came to her defense which was really special well here's something they said and when maybe this is the key to her skill the friends also explained that Megan loves to genuinely connect with people is incredibly supportive and has always been quote the best listener. I love that. I love that, too. She just seems like such a girl's girl, you know? Yeah, she really does. Which I appreciate. And so we also looked at some of Kate's friendships, which, truth be told, we only found from an SEO explainer on Hello, (laughs) where, like, we Googled, like, Kate Middleton friends, and then this is, like, here are all her friends. It was sort of a blur, I've got to say. Yeah. She has a lot of friends, and they all seem to date back to university. University or, like, um, her high school, which is called, like, Marlboro College. Which is very confusing for Americans. Yeah. But right. yeah, so all of her friends are from high school and college, which is t- notes two things about her. One, that she's very good at maintaining friendships for a long period of time. Super good. And also that maybe she sort of has to because she has been now famous since she was 19 or 20. Right. So it's so how she... do you form new friendships? But then also at the same time, she's been in the same relationship for so long. Yeah. And I feel like... Probably a lot of her friendships are tied to that relationship as well. Like, you know, she's friends with people who are married to uh, William's friends and stuff like that. So it's just like her life has changed drastically in that she became royal. But her interpersonal relationships seem to have stayed the same, which I think is quite common for people who are end up with the person they were with when they were young. And she's had so much other change in her life. I can imagine, you know, if you go if you suddenly become royal at a very young age, maybe the one thing you have to hold on to is just your group of friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why we see that the the um, the boys, William and Harry, are so close to the same couple of people because they've proven themselves. Like, they're true blue friends. They don't sell anything to the tabloids, et cetera. So, like, these are the people. Well, that's they the thing. Like their I think being royal is the true test of friendship because yeah. you're just living your life under this basically, you know, a blanket. You, you Everything has to remain secret. And yeah. that's... It's such a test of trust all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's the I mean, it's very exciting to think about all the friends who are swarming around the people who we're talking about because they must hold on to so much information. And they're they're obviously doing an amazing job of a like being morals and emotional support to people who are under very strange pressures, but also who don't buckle under pressure not only to talk to the tabloids which you know i can imagine that's that's not so hard but they must you know they must go to dinner parties and or yeah be friends with people who kind of who want to know things and that must be a little tricky to be you know close yeah i mean again if say lisa were hanging out with princess beatrice which 
ever since we discussed that she I mean, lives in New York. Why are they not? Yeah, please. I mean, please. <laughs> I would be like, if she were for some reason got the invite and I didn't, I'd be like, so right. How was Beatrice? Tell yeah, me be, anything. It would be really awkward though. <laughs> it would be one of those things where I like passively aggress. I passive aggressively text you during dinner, like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'd be like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm out with Beatrice. And I'd be like, wow. <sighs> but I would text you knowing that you were so that you'd have to say it. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> right. Like, come out with me. Oh, we're just at the Smith. Come on over. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we're looking at this list of the Kate Middleton friends. And so exactly what we were, we were saying, Lady Laura Mead is the wife of one of William's best friends, James Mead. James Mead gave the um, one of the best men, like he co-delivered the best man speech at their, at their wedding. Um, and James is... Princess Charlotte's godfather, and we've spotted Laura. She was with Kate last summer at the Houghton Horse Trials in Norfolk. Um, so, like, on that hill where we saw Prince George and Princess Charlotte frolicking. Um, and then we have Amelia Jardine Patterson, who went to high school with Kate. Um, my favorite detail about her is that when the, when the two of them broke up, when Kate and William broke up in 2007, and Kate went to Ibiza, oh, God. Amelia went imagine? with her. <laughs> Having any just being a fly on that, <laughs> like first of all, I would love to go to like a party island with Kate Middleton. All right, what hilarious. would you what would you rather go on? Would you rather go on that <laughs> trip, or would you rather go on the trip that Megan organized to Greece? Greece, Ooh, Greece, and I'll tell I you why. Like, okay, I'll and t- then I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why because helping a friend through a breakup. Like, okay, if I'm choosing between Spanish islands and Greek islands with a famous person, um, helping someone through a breakup when they're in crisis is important, but not necessarily as fun no. as a bachelorette party in Greece. My reasoning was very different from yours, and my reasoning I was less I, selfish. I don't like EDM. <laughs> I cannot deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I can't go to Ibiza, even though I'm sure it's lovely. And I know, like— You can Elisa- pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like— Well, because Caitlin did. Thank um, you. Like, Elisa Vikander married— Michael Fassbender there, so I'm sure it's a lovely place, but yeah. like it's known for like parties and clubs, God. and I can't. Can I, you, need... I know I don't even. I sometimes meet people who talk about how chill and like laid back it is. No. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. So the rest of the people on the list are similar, just like friends she's had for a while. Yeah. But then we, I also so Princess Diana, you know, with our wine um, on Pop Sugar, I found a roundup of Princess Diana's friends, and she had some surprising celebrity pals that I was super into, oh. including. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Liza with a Z. Also, um, Liza Minnelli and I share a birthday. I <gasps> She's your Ooh. Oprah. Yeah, I mention that every time she comes up. Her and, wow. her and Ron Jeremy. Um, there so, we are. Do you, reckon, do you re- bring that up as well? <laughs> yeah, well, I can't not. You're I like, can't not. You're like, Ron Jeremy, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, my favorite one on this list that pops out to me is uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Can I just, can we take a step back? Because I think the most interesting thing about Diana's friendships is the period before, or just the period of her life, the tragedy of her life. There, yeah. I am so moved by her, her yeah. sadness and loneliness. And I had this, when I read the... Um, Tina Brown book about her. Of course. I had this weird connection with her. I'm, you know, I'm a Jewish girl from Brooklyn who has no (laughs) boundaries. And yet I felt like I had found my soulmate in this like poor, you know, it was just so tragic to think of her in the palace and not having anybody, you know, just pre-text messaging. She had no one to talk to. Apparently she had a social secretary reach out to the secretary of the queen to to say, like, Diana's going to take a walk in the garden. Yeah. And it just sounded really, really sad. So when I think about her in the under the guise of friendship, I think about the deep need she had for somebody to, you know, fulfill her and take her out of yeah. her pain. No, and I feel like we, you know, there's a lot of famous people on this list, and partly that's because, like, those are the sensational ones to talk about. But I also think a, a fellow famous person can sort of understand her in a very, you know, well, specific way. she was fabulous, way. and her yes. life circumstances were weird. Yeah. And I think a famous person would relate. Yeah, I mean, like, on this list we have Freddie Mercury. That was my favorite. Which, of course, like... Again, makes a lot of sense. Like, they both, you know, not that they were hiding things. You know, it's just like they both. Can you talk about when they went to the bar and she dressed up? (laughs) Yes, please. My favorite. Yeah, so. uh, well, This is from a, what's it, an autobiography by somebody else, Yeah, it's a memoir. Uh, By Cleo. Rocco. Rocco. Yes. And Diana was in full mischief mode. Freddie said, 
Go on, let the girl have some fun. Scrutinizing her in the half-light, we decided that the most famous icon of the modern world might just, just pass for a rather eccentrically dressed gay male model. We inch through the leather throngs and thongs until we finally reached the bar. We were nudging each other like naughty school children. And she, so she gets through this, the throng of people. Is it a gay nightclub? And she managed, you know, she just, they order a, a white wine, cheers, exactly. and beer, and she goes and she gets, she passes. Nobody detects her. Nobody notices her when she's oh, hanging out with Freddie Mercury. What a fabulous anecdote. Like, I love that. And, you know, she was friendly with Elton John because, of course, we all remember him singing at her funeral. George Michael. George Michael, which we've discussed when we had Victoria Arbiter on. It's still one of my favorite episodes of this podcast, if I may say so. Don't rank your episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you are number one. <laughs> number two is when we had Victoria Arbiter on and she talked about growing up in Kensington Palace and um, – having a crush on George Michael and Diana being like, go say hello to him, which is delightful. Wait, we have to also read, this is the other, we can't, the other thing about what she did with Freddie Mercury, they would watch the Golden Girls. Yes, and quote it, or like make up their own dialogue. Yeah, with the dialogue turned off, and then they would just make up their own lines. I just love that. Who wouldn't want a friend? I don't have a friend to do that with, do you? I know, well, I don't. I guess we now do. (laughs) Should we do that? (laughs) Let's watch some Golden Girls and make up the dialogue. Here we come. (laughs) My favorite of this list was Goldie Hawn because it took until 2016 before Goldie Hawn confirmed this, which to me is like a whole other level of friendship. You love the withholding element. I do. Well, because like I just feel so bad for them that they can't trust anybody. So when they can find somebody that they trust, that seems so special to me. So, you know, apparently, um, Diana met Kurt and Goldie at a movie premiere and the couple offered her their ranch and they were like, if you ever need to escape for any reason, please just give us a call, which again, I'm like, how does that happen? Um, But so she took them up on their offer in 1995, which was like when the divorce was all in the news and everything. And so she brought William and Harry to their ranch in Colorado to just like get away from everything. And They've never acknowledged it until 20 years later. Um, Kurt Russell, like, said yes, they came here. So they were there as well? Yeah, yeah. They were, like, they, they, like, all hung out. And so the boys were, you know, able to be normal, and they were so young. And I just, I'm like, wow, that's real friendship. Well, it's amazing the idea of being in a movie premiere and somebody looking at you you don't know and saying, if you need to escape from the pain and terror that your life is right now, I have the key to it. I mean, that's. It's just something that nobody else can relate to. I certainly can't relate to that. Um, And Kurt Russell also said that Princess Diana, after that stay, sent their housekeeper a Christmas card every year. Like their housekeeper, Bianca, was her name, um, which is just the loveliest. So she sounds like a wonderful friend, too. And I have to mention before um, we have to wrap up soon, but I want to mention also that, of course, her relationship with Fergie was something people paid a lot of attention to. Right, because she the showed same... Fergie the ropes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all the same stuff kind of of – we see so many echoes of this with Kate and Megan now when people are like want them to be best friends but also want them to be feuding. It's like all of our worst natures to want these things. But people did the same exact thing to Diana and Fergie because they were both like the wives of. They both got divorced around the same time. And then they bonded over that They together. bonded over that. And so Fergie has written uh, an autobiography, My Story, Sarah the Duchess of York. And so, yeah, she explained how Diana took her under her wing. And she said, um, like, at some event, she looked over at uh, my friend Diana in befuddlement, just keep smiling, Diana whispered. And I did as I would for long years to come. I always felt, felt, excuse me, I always felt safe in mimicking Diana. Um, And then when they divorced their royal husbands, she said that they, like, we burned the phone wires into the night, trading secrets and jokes that no one else would understand. But then they seem to have had a friendship breakup as well and never reconciled. Oh, let's not think. I mean, I know. Leave. That's such a beautiful image or just the idea of going through life feeling like you're protected because you're Diana has essentially told you act like me and yeah. it will be your shield. Yeah. And which, then talking until the, yeah, the wee hours. They just went through things like about a year or two years apart, but they were so, you know, such parallel lives um, with all the scandals and the divorces and everything um, and all the public scrutiny. So I do like to, yeah, I prefer. But you're right. They did. They did. Yes. Things change. You know, sometimes people fall, break, you know, or not fall fall apart, but they they move apart. But Diana did have a falling out with Elton John and then Mm. they did recover. Apparently he published some photographs, some private photographs, and she did not like that. Yeah, but 
before they overcame. They yeah, they came back together. Ugh. Uh, so again, complicated friendships. The royals are just like us in that <laughs> sort of respect. Um, yes. But yeah, so so interesting to think about. It really does humanize them a little bit. Um, but before we wrap up, um, we're going to discuss our highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. Um, Lisa, what's your low? Oh, low. Oh, my God. I was ready to say my high. No, remember, um, we go backwards now. My low is, like, people freaking out that Megan, when she's at Wimbledon with her friends, didn't want people putting their phones in her faces to take photographs of her. I think she... So, like, the people were saying that Megan didn't want photographs of her at Wimbledon, but I think that's not truly the case. It was... She knew she'd be photographed, and she just didn't want phones in her face, in my opinion. So I don't like that. Yeah. I don't... It's not that I don't like what Megan was saying. It's that I don't like people freaking out over it because I think she's a person. Yeah, and again, the picture seemed to show him right up in the face. So, like, no wonder she'd be like, can you not, please? Yeah. Like, or rather, her, her bodyguard did that. I would want to style that photo myself. Yeah, exactly. Want someone to stick their phone up my nostrils. No. Yeah. It's just such a creepy aspect of, like, we all have phones now, so we're all paparazzi, you know? It's not fun for them. Yes. Um, do you have a low, Lauren? Well, uh, revisiting the Diana, was it the Diana Chronicles? The Tina Brown yeah. book, which was one of, is one of my favorite books. And thinking about it as I was coming over here and just being, you know, very emotional. And, I, you know, I was tuned back into Diana's feelings. Yeah. And that was sort of a high and a low. And a, a higher high as somebody who has lived in Toronto. And um, I love thinking about both Megan's Toronto, uh, <laughs> you know, association. And I had so much fun Googling Jessica Mulroney. Yeah. Nay, what is it? Brown Brownstein. 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 Yeah. Yes. Of the Browns Shoes Empire. Of course. I mean, it all comes back to Bloor Street. That's all I can say. <laughs> I, you've really won Lisa over. Not that you had to work for that, but <laughs> by mentioning Canada. You won me over by your work and your existing and then yes. being half Canadian. Yeah. It's Thanks. super helpful. Um, Here for you. <laughs> my low was just... Yeah, I wrote down BS controversies. I feel like we had, like, this was a week of just, like, a bunch of, like, little crappy things. Yeah, the, the, the photo thing at Wimbledon. The earrings. The earrings is just so dumb. Can we talk about the log? The log. Okay, so I actually don't know much about this. I'm I really saw the headline. It. I saw the headline on the cut, which I still read religiously. Yeah. Um, my friend Maddie wrote it, but I didn't read the whole it's thing. It's something like Kate designed a log. What the heck? She designed a log that designed, has a hole for your butt to go like in a, so you like can a lie a on sitting, it? Like a sitting <laughs> log, I think, for your garden. I mean, that seems, it seems like utilitarian. That seems great. Like, <laughs> if you need to sit on a log, have one that's good for your butt. I had sure. no idea she was so entrepreneurial. You know, <laughs> she, when it comes to gardens, she is. I will support her Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that I was just a log. My, that was my feelings. I'm just like, all this, like, little stuff is, and the, the godparents, the earrings, it's like a lot of stuff. Anybody will find any, it just is a reminder, we'll find any reason to be annoyed with Meghan Markle. Mm -hmm. So, that's my low. To yeah. be annoyed, we are not Meghan Markle. Yeah. Yes. That's why we are annoyed. We will never be annoyed the way that the tabloids <laughs> are with her. No. Um, so my high is Barbara Streisand, who I effing love and worship. <laughs> um, she recently said uh, that like, she kind of referred to um, there were like rumors that maybe she and Charles had like an affair or I guess he wasn't married at the time, but they had a dalliance in the 70s. And she's like, if I played my cards right, I could have been the first Jewish princess. And then she mentioned Meghan Markle in a song. So I'm like. Barbara, I bow down to you and your clone dogs. Do you think she would come on Royally Obsessed and talk about her own Royally Obsession? I don't think so. Mm, wow. What you if I did a remake of Yentl? Oh, my God. <laughs> then sh then <laughs> yes. She'd come on. She had things to promote. Then yes, maybe. Yes. I just want you to have some faith in us and our podcast and our booking abilities. We got Lauren, after all. We did. Uh, and maybe our <laughs> podcast will soar like, like Geraldine's. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the Cloggerati, they're going to be here for you and <laughs> your numbers. My own uh, high was that... Um, Queen Elizabeth was at an event today, an agricultural event, and she planted a tree, which is like a classic charity event. It's like revealing a placard or planting a tree. And the lady who handed her the shovel was like, oh, should I help you? Like gestured to help her. And she said something like, no, 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 I'm perfectly capable of digging a tree of planting a tree and you can't hear her this was widely reported by royals reporters you can't hear her on the audio say that you can hear everyone laugh 
in the little group of people around her. And she takes the little shovel and she digs in and she wore like a fuchsia outfit while she did it. And I was like, 93 years old, do not try to help Queen Elizabeth. Shove it. Shove it. Mm-hmm. Like let, let get out of the way so she can shovel it. I just loved the sass. I love that she just like, it's rare that we get those sort of moments from her where she's like, get out of my way. Like where mm-hmm. she shows real attitude. I just loved it so much. She didn't raise a handbag. <laughs> no, no. So that was my high. Um, you can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And then here is the review that I mentioned. Lisa, would you read? Um, the subject is my new BFFs. Hey! <laughs> Perfect for this friendship episode. <laughs> um, literally my favorite podcast ever. I mean, have you listened to Bitch Sesh? Um, (laughs) Anytime someone asks for a podcast rec, this is the one I give them. Every Thursday when I listen, I feel like Caitlin, Lisa, and I are BFFs sitting down to discuss our royal BFFs. Thanks, girls, for making this podcast and keep up the great work. Beautiful. That's very friendly. Lots of exclamation points, which makes me know you're not mad at me. You're not getting a four-star <laughs> review. <laughs> yeah. You can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Where can people find you on social media, Lauren? I am trying to not be on social media so much, but I am <laughs> on it so much. Yeah, it's I, tough. Um, well, you can order my book on any yes. website that sells books. How Could She by Lauren Meckling. It's such a great title. Now, when you say, I mean, you just said it, but is it like exclamation point, question mark, or just statement? How could it's she? Indeterminate. It's indeterminate. It's how it's could she? It's the eye of the beholder. Because when you hear it, how could she? It sounds Im- immediately, your first reaction is that there's an element of total uh, shock, right? Yeah, or of daring. Resentment. But think about it again. She would, she how? could. These three women. And each how, of could, whom, how could she? This is how. Yes, this is how she got out of her predicament. It's a we, dang great title. Thanks. It was originally called, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about Lisa, but it was called Toronto originally. Ooh. Oh, that's, but that was a pretty cool. I, I wasn't able to live up to I, I, <laughs> Well, because it's, it's also set in New York. so It's set in yeah. New York, but these three women are essentially From throwing each other under one bus after another in order to avoid having to return to Toronto and lose at the game of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Respect. So anyway, um, buy the book. Give it not a four-star rating. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter as Lauren Meckling, M-E-C-H-L-I-N-G. And I'm on Instagram as Lauren Omix. Like Freakonomics, but with Lauren. I love that. I love it, too. How about you, Lisa? I'm just Lisa Raya. And <laughs> just because Lisa Ryan was taken. So just Lisa, Lisa Ryan. Raya. There's so many Lisa Ryans. It's, like, kind of ridiculous. There was this, like, talk show host from, like, a Christian talk show from who's was a former Miss California. She's the Wikipedia result. But one time <laughs> I noticed, like, if you Google Lisa Ryan, it will show her Wikipedia thing, and then it would show my picture from the cut. And so I had oh. to, like, report it to Google, like, this is not me. Please do not have me associated with this woman. Fascinating. Anyway, Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to write you a Wikipedia page. Also, subscribe to Katie Kirk's newsletter, Wake yes. Up Call. I work on that now. So sure do. do. You can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKmenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, and read my writing at – that's on Twitter and Instagram – and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. And until next week, God save the pod. We talked for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.